The idea of Yartzeit, marking the anniversary of the death of a loved one, is very powerful in Jewish life in every single Jewish community. The word Yartzeit is German. It means year, time. The idea of marking a yard site in a specific way goes back at least to the time of the Talmud, perhaps 1,500 years ago or more. However, specific aspects of observing a yard site that we may be familiar with are much more recent. For example, the idea of saying Kaddish on a yard site the idea of lighting a candle on the day of a yard site, those practices only start in the late 16th century. In the entire Torah, only one yard site is explicitly mentioned. It's in this week's Parsha, and the yard site that is mentioned falls this week. It's in the second of the two parshios. This Shabbos is the double portion of Matos Masai. Near the end of Masai, Masai we read, Vayaal Aharon HaKohen Elhar Hahar Alpi Hashem. Aharon, Aaron, Moshe's brother, the Kohen Gadol, the high priest. He ascended to Mount Har at the instruction of God. Vayamasham. And he died there. In the 40th year after the Jewish people left Egypt, the fifth month of the year, the first of the month. The fifth month of the year is counting from Nisan, Nisan, Iyar, Sivon, Tammuz, Av, Av is the fifth month of the year, and the first day of Av, that's Rosh Chodesh Av, that is Aharon's yard site, and it's the only time in the entire Torah where an actual yard site is listed for someone in the Torah, and that yard site falls this Wednesday. This Wednesday is Rosh Chodesh Av, the first of Av, the yard site of Aharon. Just parenthetically, in the Torah itself, the Torah only refers to the months of the year by number. The first month, the second month, the tenth month, the names that we give to the Jewish months, those are all of later origin. They come only, they're not Hebrew words, Nisan, Sivan, uh, Nisan, Iyar, Sivan, Tamas, those are Aramaic words. They only come after the Jews had been exiled to Bavel, to Babylonia. When they came back to Israel, they brought these names back with them. Okay, that's just a parenthesis. But we read this Parsha every year. We read this passage every year within a few days of Rosh Chodesh Av, of the date that it mentions the first day of the Jewish month of Av. Later in our history, this month of Av would include the destruction of the first Beis HaMikdash, 
the destruction of the second base Amigdash, which is leads occurs on Tisha B'Av, the ninth day of the month of Av. And our sages connect these two events, the death of Aharon and the tragedies that fall on Tisha B'Av, when they tell us Misas Tzadik, the death of a righteous person, is comparable in significance and uh, uh, impact, negative impact that it has, just like the destruction, the burning of Hashem's house, the base of Migdash, the holy temple in Yerushalayim. Our sages tell us, Mishinichnes Av Mamatim Besimcha. When the month of Av begins, our joy diminishes. The other half of that line is perhaps a little bit more well known. Mishinichnes Adar Marbim Besimcha. When Adar enters, that's the month that contains Purim, we increase, enhance our joy, increase our joy. But Correspondingly, when Av begins, our joy is reduced and diminished. In other words, the first day of that, Rosh Chodesh, day one of the month, is the death of, Yartz, uh, of Aharon, the Yartzite of Aharon, and that begins this diminishment of joy, leading to the other tragedies that take place during this month. What's the connection between the death of Aharon and the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash? Concerning Aharon's death, the Torah tells us, "Vayivku as Aharon shloshim yom, kol Beis Yisrael," and they mourned for Aharon thirty days. Call base Israel, the entire Jewish people mourned the death of Aharon. It's curious because there's a very, very similar Pusuk when Moshe dies almost exactly six months later. When Moshe dies, the Torah says, the Yivkubine Israel es Moshe, Ba'arvos Moav, and the Jewish people mourned for Moshe. They were in Arvos Moab, that's the fields of Moab on the eastern bank of the Jordan River, Shloshim Yom, 30 days. But you'll notice a very subtle difference. Because when Moshe dies, who is it that mourns for him? Beis Yisrael, B'nai Yisrael, the children of Israel. When Aharon dies, who mourns for him? Kol Beis Yisrael, the entire children of Israel, every single member of the Jewish people. Why is there that subtle, slight difference in emphasis? So Rashi explains the difference. Because when Aharon died, Aharon was mourned by Ha'anoshim Vehanoshim, the men and the women. Levishahaya Aharon Rodev Shalom, because Aharon ran after peace. He pursued peace. He looked for opportunities to bring peace. 
Umatil Ava Ben Bali Mariva. He looked to insert himself when he saw two people arguing in order to bring about peace. And he looked to insert himself, Ubain Ishli Ishto, between a husband and a wife. If they were not getting along, God forbid, Aharon would insert himself in order to try to bring about peace. And that's why Aharon was mourned by Kal B'nai Yisrael, the entire Jewish people. Moshe may have been greater than Aharon, but Aharon was more beloved by every single member of the Jewish people. He devoted his life to making peace and pursuing peace. And when that stopped, when he died on the first day of Av, that date of the first day of Av ushers in a period of a lack of peace, a lack of love. Our sages identify the characteristic of the Jewish people that leads to the destruction of the second base of Migdash, and they tell us it happened because of sinas chinam, needless hatred, the absence of Aharon and Aharon's influence. Aharon, as a role model, was no longer, and therefore there was sinas chinam in that same period, to which Rav Kook famously taught that we need to combat that darkness with the spirit of Aharon, whose passing ushers in this darkness. And we need to bring it back with Ahavas Chinam, with needless love, with loving people more than is necessary, with showing appreciation to people even if it is not so necessary, with trying to make peace, even when maybe it's not our business or our job to get involved. Because that is what Aharon stood for. Aharon stood for Ahavas Chinam, needless love, abundant love, more than is called for. You'll notice that when Aharon dies, he is mourned by Kol B'nai Yisrael Shloshim Yom, 30 days. Just as we would mourn, God forbid, a member of our own family who passed away. Because every single person considered themselves a family member of Aharon when he died. Likewise, we should also observe Aharon's Yortzeit and mourn his passing. And the proper way to observe Aharon's Yortzeit, of course it's every day, but especially this week Wednesday, Rosh Chodesh Av, Aharon's Yortzeit, the only Yortzeit mentioned in the entire Torah. The proper way to observe that Yortzeit is to act as he did. Ohev Shalom, to love peace, verodev shalom, and to pursue peace, aggressively run after opportunities to make peace, to insert ourselves wherever it is possible and appropriate in order to bring about peace. Or to use Rav Cook's words, all of us need to engage in ahavas chinam, in 
needless love, more love than is necessary, more love than is called for. That is the legacy of Aharon. And that is the legacy that will undo the darkness of this month of Av. My friends, I wish for every one of us that we will be able to undo the darkness of Av and return it to a joyous month, hopefully with the coming of Mashiach, and wouldn't it be great if it was before Tisha B'Av, that we would not have to fast this year, but it would be a Yom Tov, a holiday. We look forward to such a, a time. I wish that for all of us. I wish you a wonderful Shabbos. And let's all think about this Shabbos, how on Rosh Chodesh Av, we can imitate Aharon to be Ohev Shalom, Verodev Shalom. My friends, Shabbat Shalom.